0: Welcome to the History Slam podcast from ActiveHistory.ca. Here's your host, Sean Graham. Thank you, Adam. Welcome to the History Slam, everybody. I am Sean Graham, coming at you today nearly live. We are in Beijing, China. We've done this show on the east coast of Canada, on the west coast of Canada, in the south of the United States, in the northeast, and we decided we would blow the budget for the whole year and come to Beijing just to record a single episode. We're in the Beijing airport in the Air China Lounge. Uh, we've been here for an hour. and We still have like three and a half hours to go before the plane is even supposed to land or something. Uh, we're here forever. It's a marathon day. But I'm here with Dorothy Verkirk from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. And we have just finished 10 weeks in China teaching at the University of International business and economics. So Dorothy, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, I'm glad to be here. Thank you.
0: So, uh the reason we're in the lounge, we should say that one of us is going uh business class and the other one is a little annoyed that the one going business class very, uh, is not giving annoying. up the seat or not willing to share the seat. Um <laughs> but I think it is a security issue. That's what I think that you know, when we investigated with Air Canada, it's <laughs> a, a real security issue you can't be changing seats um, yeah. All right, but we're going to signify that we're done with uh There we go. All right. Oh, Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Cheers. Salute. Cheers. We finished. Mm. Oh, that's good.
1: Yeah, nothing like a lukewarm beer, but you know uh, you're in China. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Not yeah, not just with lukewarm, but lukewarm <laughs> Chinese beer. Uh, <laughs> right. I've been like people have been saying to me I like at the end of the day you know, you probably won't just get a beer to relax. I'm like, well, I've been in China for ten weeks; I haven't really had a beer. Like, it's <laughs> like, a fine place, wonderful people. The beer here, I think, is very lacking. Yeah, um, we
1: all heard you grouching about this for ten <laughs> weeks, ten <laughs> long. We, oh God,
0: it was my one, my it was like my number number one issue. So, for anyone who doesn't know, because I haven't, I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast before. I haven't really been active on Twitter since we've been here. I was contacted by the University of International and in Business and Economics in. October, November, to come over. Can we just
1: call them UIBE now?
0: Sure. I was contacted by them in in October and November asking if I would come over and teach in this international summer program that they have where students who are Chinese nationals who study in the United States come to UIBE in the summer and can get transfer credits for the degrees in the United States. So I taught five sections in that program in a four-week sex- session, five-week session. I also taught UIB students in a separate but related summer program where international faculty come over to teach the students on campus. So I've been in China for since the end of May, flew on the 29th or something. We happen to be on the same flight. Yeah, 28th. Coming over. Mm-hmm. And uh, Of course, an-
1: course, you were <clears throat> in business
0: we didn't. We didn't bump Class. into. We didn't bump into each other on that flight, <laughs> did, did we? Um, we met the next day at the hotel. Right. Um, the uh, so we've been here for, for just two and a half months almost, and uh, and and you've done the same thing. You've been here the same amount of time. Right. Yep. We've taught the same number of classes. Although your all your classes were in the international <coughs> program with students from the United States, right. and uh, but same number of classes. So. I just as thought it'd be fun as sort of an exit interview, almost, to, to talk about because we've talked a lot about the pros, the cons, what's been good, what's been bad, right. and I think I think we're in a bit of an agreement that for the most part it's been a, a really good experience.
1: Oh, I think it's been a great experience. Um, this is the second time now I've taught in China, um, so I was a little bit more prepared about what what I you know what I could expect, and in some ways we're kind of prepped. By especially UIBE administration, mm-hmm. and even our own prejudices, that we're gonna, it's going to be more difficult. We're going to have to dumb it down for Chinese students, uh, or they're going to be these super brilliant. St- I mean, these the two stereotypes about Asian sure. students. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and for me, talking to one of our colleagues, Hung Tai, he just he said to me, "But Dorothy, it's summer school." Cool. And that was a revelation, of course. Of course it's summer school. It's summer school in Beijing. It's summer school in Chapel Hill. And you just have a whole different, I mean, it's just a whole different mentality. Everybody's in flip-flops. Right, yeah. yeah. And so immediately, yeah. uh, for example, when I was on the uh, academic uh, committee, so students would get into trouble. Uh, academically, and then they would beg and plead and write the letter, you know, please let me back in. And sometimes we would, but we'd always have a plan. And number one on our plan, uh, can I just a major? Well, two things on our plan. Switch your chemistry major to comm studies. <laughs> and the second, thing, <laughs> no really. And the second thing, take some summer school classes mm. to get your GP up. I mean, so that's just, uh, that's just what happens.
0: And for you, because as you said, you've done this before, you were in Guangzhou last time. Right. And for people who don't know, like I didn't know, um, Guangzhou, of course, is a small town, small town in Chinese terms, right? Yeah, it's only
1: like 13 million.
0: Tiny, tiny place. Yeah,
1: they do have uh, flush toilets.
0: Okay, that's good And running
1: water, which is good because they are formerly known as Canton. Oh. Where we get right. Cantonese yeah. food, so uh. um, that orange sticky stuff that you got, <laughs> yes,
0: yes, the red sauce, right? Yeah, the <laughs> red sauce. yeah. Uh-huh. so so you did that in 2012? 13. 13. 2013. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's been a two summers off, and now and mm-hmm. now back to so it. Did you notice any big difference is between Guangzhou and Beijing in terms of the academic side of things?
1: Well, when I taught in Guangzhou, this was run run by SIE, which is a private company, for profit. So very different, much smaller classes. Actually, they treated us pretty well there. And here, I think it's better for these students uh, to be at UIBE in an academic setting. So I feel more confident about the credibility being in a... The Philly and UIBE is a you know really well ranked school. Yeah, really so, good school. Yeah. And, and
0: we've all talked that some UIBE students were in our international classes. Yeah, As well, they're really good students. Really, they're good. really good students. I mean, oh. in the the UIBE class that I had, that was exclusive UIB I mean, certainly language was a bit of an issue because some mm-hmm. of them mm-hmm. are are studying you know economics and like Chinese economics, so English isn't a main focus for them okay. in their daily yeah. lives, but. In terms of the the cognitive ability and the, the work, oh, they're super, yeah. like they're really they've really produced some really good stuff. Right, and I was really impressed with not only that, but just even being on campus. There was it's a small, relatively small campus, and they're even though it's the middle of summer and it's five thousand degrees here. And you feel like... I always felt like I could almost swim to class because well, it's so humid. That,
1: that's because you're Canadian.
0: It's true, yeah. I just yeah. felt
1: like... Um, you were just at home. We, no, we were summering in Beijing because it was cooler and less humid than North Carolina. So, yes, uh, we're summering uh, in Beijing yeah. this year. Thank yeah.
0: you. was <laughs> we did have a nice stretch of like four days... Yes. It was rainy and cool. We actually had classes cancelled. I,
1: I think that's what they shut down the subways. Yeah. Sean, you were the only person no. who was happy about yeah. the weather.
0: Pure. It was pure ignorance. Once I figured out that like it was actually dangerous for people to be outside, people were got, dying, but the Canadians
1: I got, happy. I got.
0: I, yeah, I felt like I showed up to class that morning. I was like, guys, it's raining. Isn't this exciting? <laughs> like, this is great. It's cool. It's. Um, like, have you seen the footage of the subway yet? <laughs> like, no. Oh, it's oh, a waterfall. My, my bad. Um, but like, even, even within that environment, there was a lot of activity on campus, there's oh. people going on, like a lot going on, people out, and, and certainly it seems like the students are sort of always around and doing stuff, and uh, it seems like a, a really sort of vibrant place. It, within the, the geography of Beijing, it's a little removed from right. Right. from anything. It's a, sort of a, a residential area, so there's not much directly around campus, but once you got on campus, it was, uh, yeah, I a thought good it was place. pretty vibrant.
1: And, you know, you would see a Caucasian walk down the sidewalk toward you. And, uh, I quickly learned you should not assume that their first language is English. Yes. It could be Russian. It could uh. be German. You saw people from Africa. Yep. Um, it was, it was, I, you know, when they say international, uh, I, I didn't realize it, how international yeah. it, this really was. So I was pretty impressed by that. Yeah. Was it-
0: That's the thing that I noticed as well. Like, because when you look at the faculty list of the first one that I saw, it was all American professors or or professors who teach in the United States. I thought, well, that's not that international. No. Uh, And then you get here, and certainly the 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 people who are teaching the UIB students, there is more people from other parts of the world um, than just the United States. But on campus, there's certainly a, a very strong, strong international community now we should say as well that you are a art historian yes Uh, you were teaching art history here yes and now apart from the technical challenges you had um of trying to teach it was terrible art history it was terrible uh, the uh the projectors we shared a classroom and the projectors would take colors and seemingly just assign them at random well images. I feel so
1: bad because that beautiful painting by Titian of the Venus of Urbino there she is lying out there in all her nude glory beautiful pearly skin <laughs> with those projectors <laughs> just like she she had a skin disease yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, it was like, and well let's not talk about color right yeah. now
0: <laughs> uh, so yeah so that was an issue and then for you the internet I mean the internet here you just google internet in China and you don't forget it. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's the internet here is is it is what no, it is. No, but they were putting
1: fiber optics in my apartment as I was leaving.
0: So next year you're. Yeah, right. I was like, yeah. oh man, yeah. <laughs> she's
1: leaving quick. Stick yeah. it
0: in. You know? <laughs> yeah, the person who's downloading these incredibly high uh, <laughs> quality images, get her out. Then we'll put in the good internet.
1: Uh, well, uh-huh. I had to go back and actually put in light colored images. Mm. So the projectors could adjust. It was, it was it was a it was a mess, but anyway. Um, but
0: uh, so apart from that, though, mm-hmm. uh, at least my experience—I think yours was the same—in that most of the, the students who are here are math, science, yeah. engineering students yeah. who are getting their arts credits so that they can focus on their majors when they go. The, the really important. The, the real stuff, right? When they go back uh, <laughs> to school in the fall and. Uh, I, I'm just wondering what that experience was like for you in in dealing with rooms that are pretty much exclusively non art history mm-hmm. people and, and people who are approaching this for the first time, because right. you know even in a in a introductory class you're going to have people who are at least interested in art history and are are probably going to end up majoring in art history and here you have people who are, for the most part are going to be one offs. Right.
1: Right. Um, and it 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 can be uh, there's there's two there's really two challenges. Especially when you say, sometimes I, in moments of self-doubt, I say the history of art instead of mm. art history, because art history sounds like I choose paintings to hang over your mother's sofa,
0: <laughs> <Right>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and the history of art has a little more cachet to it, but, um, but that's just something that you deal with. Um, the hardest part, yeah, I, the hardest part, and I, and I have this with American students too, they think it's going to be the easy course. Right. And what they don't they're just gonna sit around, they're just gonna look at some pretty pictures and decide I like it, I don't like it, a child could do that, that that kind of bullshit.
0: But that painting looks bad. Yes. A please Yes, yes.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you have to kinda overcome that and a lot of them don't know that our history you have to deal with not only visual analysis, but you have to deal with history, politics, religion, uh a lot more than what they signed up for. Oh, and then I hit them with um Italian and Greek terms. Oh, we had a really good time. Uh Leonardo developed this technique where he has you can see it on the Mona Lisa. It's kind of a smoky effect. Uh And it's called Sfumato. (laughs) (laughs) And you could just see the Chinese students. They were like, What? (laughs) By the end though, they were all just spitting it out like they were cursing. (laughs) You know, sfumato. It was really fun. So we had a good time we had a good time with that. Um hardest part for me, actually, was the uh, dealing with Christianity. Right. That was really hard, because I was dealing with students who are either Buddhist, Taoist, atheists, or a little bit of all of it. and Yeah, and like, sorry
0: not to interrupt, but at home, too, you have, like, so much is based on Christian traditions. Like, the calendar we use is is based off a a Christian uh, calendar, so you don't Mm -hmm. have even... Even if people in the United States aren't necessarily Christian, there's an awareness of it that you don't have here.
1: Yeah, and, the, and in America, at least you have people who have a basic idea of who Jesus was. I think some of my, uh, my students, the only time they've heard Jesus was on campus. Was, it was like, oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> yeah. God damn it!" you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So yeah. Uh, on one of my uh, exams for quizzes, by the way, I had put up this Christ in Majesty with the four evangelist symbols, which are a man, an ox, an eagle, and a lion, and the answer that I got was uh, the God and His pets. was great, <laughs> good. yeah. It was I very like good. Yeah. But it's taken me like, what approach do I take? Right. You know, how do yeah. I deal that? How How do I deal that? Basically, I I went with a storytelling. Mm. So once upon you know things like I didn't say once upon a time, great. but I was yeah. kind of tempted because mm-hmm. there's a bit of a mythology about it. But you know, the fourteen-year-old virgin, and she's told one day she's going to have this miracle baby, yeah. fully God and fully human. But I really would have loved to heard the d- dinner table conversation: yeah. uh, "Mom, Dad, I'm pregnant. Uh-huh. Who's the guy? Uh, yeah. God."
0: <laughs> well, that checks out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. But it, it's interesting because that's one of those things that, like, that that I, it never even occurred to me. I honestly, so I, I taught a global history survey, mm-hmm. and. I taught the Reformation, and four days later, you mentioned to me, like, oh, I had to tell them exactly what Christianity was, and then I felt so stupid, because I taught the Reformation under the assumption that everyone knew right, about right. Catholicism, right? and that, and then it occurred to me, oh, that's why nobody was understanding anything I was saying. I was getting all those blank stares, because right. I just assumed when I said Catholic Church, everyone knew yeah, what so- that meant.
1: Well, when I, uh, when I moved from Renaissance to Baroque art, so it's that span between counter, mm. counter-reformation, Reformation, counter-reformation. Yeah. So I spent, you know, th- this is Protestant Reformation, protest, mm. reform, and mm. just listed it for them. I think that helped a little bit. Right. But I, th- what I thought was kind of cool about it is that a lot of students, I sort of polled them at the beginning of the, of the first session. Why do you want to take this class? Well, obviously for credit, right? And it's going to be easy. And my mom likes art. But uh, a lot of them said they wanted to know about Western culture. Mm. And, you know, history and art history is a really good way to learn it.
0: Definitely, yeah. And it's, you know, you do it in four weeks. And, and if nothing else, like now, now that you can go to a museum and kind of understand <laughs> <laughs> what it is, right? Like, right. If well, nothing else. The,
1: I'm glad you have such faith in my teaching I and do, their yes. memories. I do, yes. <laughs>
0: the, they will remember
1: spumato. They'll remember that, yeah.
0: <laughs> and they'll also remember, I mean, so in the, the five week, I would come into the room after you were done, and you used the whiteboard a lot. And I would always see the terms and stuff. And I, I, I said to this the other day. You'd drawn something uh, on the board <laughs> that when I was lecturing, I, I kept looking at it because, you know, in the realm of I know... Art history, like, sort of general themes that tend to come up, sexuality being one of them. Oh, yes. That is revisited over and over. That was a
1: fun one to deal with.
0: This was an image that I kept looking at. It's like, (laughs) you can look at this thing in a lot of different ways. I think those were... What happened
1: in that room? Those were cypress trees.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but that gets me to another issue that you had to deal with. I had to deal with a little bit as well. In the American history class, we're talking about the sexual revolution in the 1960s and mm-hmm. like one of the songs i use is will you still love me tomorrow like it's a really good representative song for the 60s and you know i always play it and i say does anyone know what this song is about what do you think this song is about and at home people tend to sort of just throw it out there because it's not that all of the song whereas here nobody really wanted to outright say anything and you could see they sort of knew what it was but nobody actually wanted to say it. And there's sort of a, a bashfulness, oh, yes. I think, about sexuality. And, and given how much you had to deal with it, was that more of a challenge than you had anticipated?
1: Yeah, it, it was. Um, and I found the best way to deal with it was just straight on. Um, so we're we're looking at Michelangelo's David, and I'm assuming people can pull up an image of that, mm-hmm. you know big chunk of beefcake right so <laughs> good looking guy he, looking out. Guy. Yep. Yeah, he was he in the gym out. and we talked about uh they would always giggle and say oh he's na- he, he's naked or he doesn't have any clothes on i said well in our history let's just call him a, n- a nude right. Right? <laughs> um but yeah sometimes it, it was really uncomfortable because i wanted them to talk about the male gaze the reclining female nude being sort of served up like fruit and that would And sometimes I just find It's sometimes it's easy Because you can go for the laugh Because you know you can get it Right And you can cer- certainly Wake people up And pull yeah. them off From their cell phone And I definitely Think humor is a Kind of Pedagogical tool But um, I don't know I, I'm not sure if I ever Really dealt with it well One time I think I went
0: too far Yes uh, Yeah you told us about that and Yeah It's certainly I mean it will wake people up yeah. Um, what you say. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, 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 it's interesting because, you know, I mean, there's certain... Like, anywhere you go in the world, there's going to be cultural differences from one place mm-hmm. to the other. Hell, like, you teach in North Carolina. This right. year I taught, taught in Boston. Like, those are two extraordinarily different places just on their own, like, within the same country. So, of course, when you go to the other side of the world, of course there's going to be cultural differences. Right. But the thing that I initially... My, my biggest struggle initially was the instruction that we got was teach us like you would teach it at home um, you can but you yeah you, you just can't do it no. um, particularly on an issue like that where you have to be more aware of the cultural norm here in order to effectively teach it right like and that's something that that I sort of learned on the fly and I think the 5 week session which was the second session I was much more effective yes because I had a better feel for what their expectation was, so I think the struggle for me was frankly just ignorance. I don't mean that in like a ignorance in a prejudiced way, ignorance and I just didn't know enough right. about Chinese culture before I got here to effectively communicate some ideas that maybe don't come up or, or themes that don't come up in Certainly, in Chinese popular culture, right.
1: And I've been trying to keep a little bit of a running list of things i things I need to look up if I do this again, right. Um, But I happened to pick up uh, somebody left a textbook out called Chinese Religions, and I was reading it. um, It was just an intro survey text, and I just started realizing, you know, there there are different words I could use, different ways I could phrase things that my students would understand better. Let me just give you one little example. Saul's conversion on the road to, um, uh, Damascus. So he's gonna go kill some Christians in Damascus. They actually really liked that story. They thought okay. that was kinda cool. Blood killing. Um, and I used the word conversion, and most people in America know what conversion is. It's the, you know, you're born again. Mm-hmm. And none of my students knew what that was. But then I realized, you know, I could use, I could have used the word enlightenment. That, right. that, and, there are certain traditions where enlightenment is is a, is a spun, uh, instantaneous happening, and mm. so are there ways. But you know, there's pitfalls there too because maybe I'm not understanding, maybe I'm using the word or misusing a uh, a concept. I think is e- equal to conversion, but right. it's not. So right. all kinds of problems. Yeah. Well, I
0: don't, well, certainly for me, like I, I a similar example, like I. Teach in the global history talk about the seven years war a lot yeah. because um, it's kind of you kind of have to in a global history and i mentioned in the four-week session that in north america some people refer to that as the french and indian war yeah um, and so on the the final exam a lot of people said oh yeah the seven years war that war between france and india
1: Oh wow. Right? Wow,
0: wow! Which which it occurred to me like oh like I didn't specify exactly what I meant so when they heard Indian Indian they thought I was referring to oh, India the country right uh, right. right so oh, it, it was this really interesting thing for me to to think about and like that's a linguistic thing that like why like because and, and then it dawned on me like of course that makes sense why would they culturally associate the term Indian with anything other than India.
1: Right, like right. A,
0: they, there would be no reason to from what I gather having been here in terms of the culture that the term Indian would refer <laughs> right. to people from India like,
1: like, they were probably like, sitting there thinking dang they had to deal with the Brits and yeah, now they had and to deal like, with
0: geez, and the, the they, people in India like they really got like hosed on that deal <laughs> were, like, like, yeah like, yeah. If, yeah, if they were fighting the the French, why weren't the Brits there? Like, why weren't they helping? Them? What's happening? Like, like maybe he has. So I mean, they're su- probably super confused is what I was even talking but about. But it's
1: kind of interesting too because, of course, we would always say Native American, right? Mm. But somehow the French and Native American war just doesn't, it doesn't roll off the tongue doesn't doesn't as know,
0: well. Doesn't no, work. no. Um, or French Indigenous War maybe. Yeah, that sounds yeah. a little better. I, but those are like those little minor things that at home I've always taken for granted. Mm-hmm. That here. I just couldn't. And, and it's similar if we were in Europe or Australia or, or or South America, whatever, maybe not South America, certainly cultural in terms of the word Indian might be right, different. Right, right. It, it showed me how narrow I was in terms of context right. in, in being able to assume so much back knowledge. And I knew coming in teaching the UIBE students... In that class, because I was teaching North American popular culture. Mm-hmm. I knew in that one I would have to provide a lot of background on stuff. Because, right, like, like students at home don't, when I talk about something like Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, they don't know who Jimmy Stewart is at home. Isn't that um, sad? It is. He was great. I know. It was so good. I still can't oh. watch
1: certain movies at Christmas time.
0: No? Really? <laughs> <No. laughs> it's A Wonderful Life is just No, out. I, I just... I just oh.
1: I I, because I know I'm going to cry the minute
0: I you know think about that bell ringing. I'm sorry, sorry, but I I show the end of that in that that class. But like like, students at home, I know probably haven't seen Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. They probably don't know who Jimmy Stewart is. But I don't necessarily have to do ten minutes on how Miss the Great Depression to explain why Mr. Smith Goes to Washington is really a good Depression era movie. Right. I could just say Great Depression. Here's how this reflects the Great Depression. Whereas here, one of my students, I, I did sort of a, I called it a post-mortem, uh, <laughs> where I invited students from that class to come in and explain to me all the ways that I screwed up. Uh, in the, oh, you're in brave. The, in the class, yeah. Um, and, and she, and one of the girls who came a, in... There's a good tradition of that in communist China. You do <laughs> know that, right? <laughs> uh, so I came in, and, and, and she basically said, like, especially with the Canadian stuff, uh, they seem to have a greater awareness of the general tenets of American history, but in terms of Canada, they just had no idea. And, and what she said was, like, of course, like, why would we? Like, when we go to school, or I think she even framed it in this way. She said, when you went to school, did you learn Chinese national history? No. Yeah. And I said, yeah. no. I said, well, then why would we know anything about Canadian national history? I said, that's a, a good point. And, and I thought... Like, and I thought I had I, done enough to add context, but clearly <laughs> had done, I, I had not done enough. <laughs> so it was this really interesting experience for me to go through and, and figure out exactly how much I am able to take for granted right. uh, with, with students at home. And even the students in the United States, to a certain degree, when I taught the course um, this past year, they they didn't know... Sort of a lot of the intricacies of Canadian history, but the general plot, right? They right. could sort of follow along right, with right. it. was an interesting in that in that respect, and and but for you though, you're mostly dealing with European right. stuff, right? Did your students have a lot of familiarity with the general tenets of your Europe, or was it a similar idea?
1: Well, where I got really lucky was uh, I had I had several students who really knew uh, the Roman Empire. Okay. Like they had a lot of respect for the roman Empire that was that was good, and there were a couple people that knew their actually knew their Greek and Roman mythology really really well, which wow. surprised me yeah but
0: th- Cause, cause you go to Greek or Rome or <laughs> right. Greek or Italy or in Rome, and people probably don 't know that stuff. right well. right right
1: well, and it was great because uh um, there too there were a lot of commonalities because Roman Republican art is all about uh, respect for the ancestors. Mm. And so there was, you know, immediately they they probably understood that better than I did um, as well. Yeah, it was it, it was only when I got into the Christianity that you could just see their eyes kind of glaze over. It was very difficult for them. Right. Some people liked it. And that's why approaching, everybody looks, likes a good story. Sure. So, you know, approaching things by a storytelling about, you know, Abraham... Has this finally gets this bouncy baby boy, and then God asks him to murder him? You could just hear the whole class go, oh, "No!" <laughs> right? Yeah. One child, yeah. and you want to murder him? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you should play. You
0: should have played the Dylan song, um, "Highway 61 Revisited." Isn't that the first line of the song? God said to Abraham, "Kill me, son." Oh
1: yes, yeah. God true. said, Abe you
0: must be putting me on." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that, just play that song. There's the yeah, story. There, yeah. there you go.
1: <laughs> well, I think it's also a generational problem because if, if you mention things with pop culture, um, and as my my pop my contemporary pop culture is only what I have picked up from uh, recent conversation from my children. <laughs> right. So I, I can identify Taylor Swift and Beyonce, and that's about it. Mm. Whereas actually my Chinese students are much more conversant yeah. uh, than I am, so we've sort of just generally agree that there's going to be this huge generation gap. Yeah. You know, when you first get up there, that first couple of days, you're nervous, right? It Doesn't matter yeah. how many years you've been teaching, you're nervous, and how are the how are these students going to uh, react to my teaching? That sort of thing. So I don't know about you, but I tend to speak more quickly. Yeah. And start using big words. Well, in academia, they'd be just normal words. but Yeah. What was really helpful for me is I had this one student sat in the first class, the first row. And she kind of drove me crazy because during my breaks, she would always have a long list of English words that she didn't know. Oh. And I would have to explain them um, like brittle, B-R-I-T-T-L-E. And you know Some of the some words that I thought Were pretty simple But then I realized um, Talking to Hong Tai huh. Who English is His second language I mean he is Very very aware of it That this is not a word Someone learning The English language Is going to use Very often right. uh, So I tried to Be more and more Aware of that And write more words down
0: Right Yeah um, as well. Like I had like At one point I talked about the The labor union The wobbles And a girl came up to me the next day and said something along the lines, like I looked up this word and it means like you're, you're having difficulty like standing up and like you're swinging <laughs> back and forth. What does that have to do with labor unionism? It's like, Oh yeah, that like yeah, I didn't really explain that very well. Did I? And, and it makes perfect sense. Like, or even like I showed the pop culture class, um, a bunch of Mae West clips. Oh, which fine. is, all, which is all like sort of double, double entendres. Entendre. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and a, a few people came up to me at the end when I said, "Come tell me what I did wrong," and they said, "Like that didn't that doesn't make any sense? Like that didn't make any sense? Like even with subtitles, if you had put subtitles on it, it wouldn't have made any sense because double entendres." Like,
1: yeah, I think about the like, most the famous same, one is that a pistol in your pocket.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, I mean, I speak French okay,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but whenever I go to Just for Laughs in Montreal, I never go see the francophone comedians because I don't have a strong enough command of the language. To know this, to, to yeah. get the to get the joke, like you really have to know the language. Like you almost have a mastery of the language to get a lot of those sorts of, any, or really to see like jokes in general, right? Um, so that was something I, I certainly struggled with, and but like you say, I mean, and I, I certainly was nervous as well at the start. One of the reasons actually I didn't try and seek you out before the flight here is. Like, I was up in the lounge just, like, petrified of the idea of getting really? <laughs> Put it on the plane. Like, it's like, what am I doing? Like, so, well, and, and I, was, I was really nervous.
1: Well, and talk here. about jumping off the cultural high dive. Yeah. Uh, I, can't, I can't think of anything more than Beijing. Oh, crap. I got to go teach students in Beijing. For
0: hours. Yeah. And we should say, too. So, we, we shot six courses, and... Each course, two hours
1: each, every day. Two
0: hours each. So we were teaching six hours a day, which I know my teacher friends are going to sort of scoff at that and say, "We do that. <laughs> we do that ten months a year. Like knock it yeah, off." Yeah. I mean, but for us wimps, like, yeah, we, like that's a lot. And like, you get here. We got here Saturday afternoon, Saturday night. Teach Monday morning. And, and just standing
1: for six hours. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but. Um, I worked really hard I don't know how successful I was, but I worked really hard to get the students involved to get them to talk mm-hmm. um, to get them to describe to articulate because otherwise it's why am I doing this and to do that, you have to have a really high energy level yeah because you can't just walk up to them and just so i mean it was it was almost like doing uh doing uh, the Price is Right and Oprah Winfrey, <laughs> you know, all combined in one yeah. thing. Um, so it it was physically really, really exhausting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you had a good idea that that I I think other people and not just even in art history might enjoy that you have a laser pointer.
1: Yes. That you pass
0: around, and when when the laser pointer shows up at your chair, you're talking.
1: Yeah. And well, and I I also introduce it. It is not just. Right.
0: Yes. Excuse me. Yes, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't give the proper introduction yes. to it. Yes. Well,
1: no, because I said, you know, it's fun. You can you can tease the cat. You can take down airplanes. But <laughs> its true power is the wand of wisdom. Yeah. When it is placed in your hand, the power runs up your arm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and the trick is never is refused to take it back. So they have mm. to keep going, or they can pass it on to somebody. Mm. Oh, in the last week of class, I actually had one one young man. He didn't want to give it up. <laughs> and, and so there became kind of this rivalry. And then he finally uh, answered like three or four questions and he gave it to his friend. So I asked his friend the question and his friend was struggling. He grabs it back. He says, I know the answer to that. <laughs> so it was a really, it was really effective tool because it, I don't it's probably a psychological thing, but they had something in their hand that they could point to right. and there's some, maybe something I don't know comforting about that.
0: Yeah, I, I would think so. And there's an authority to it. Yeah, and there's like a specific of like, oh, I'm, this is exactly what I'm talking about, right? Right here. So I know, like, even for me, like when you like at a conference, say you ask a question, and then the person answers it, and it's clear that. I haven't f- verbalized it well enough to be clear as to what I mean. Right, yeah. Like, to have a laser point and say, this is exactly the thing that I'm talking about. Right. Uh That you're not going to be misunderstood, <laughs> I think is... Part of
1: it. <laughs> there is a danger to the laser pointer though. The student who, uh, and I've seen, I've seen academics do this too. They take the laser pointer and they twirl it all over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like everybody's getting sick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, please
0: stop. Yeah. So this thing over here <laughs> yeah. and then that thing over there.
1: And you're and like, like, whoa, <laughs> well, well, yeah. stop. But yeah, that, that, uh, I tried that in Guangzhou three years ago and it, it worked really, really well and, um, it, and I, you know, if, if somebody really, really doesn't want to talk, I don't make them. But they, right. they, it, it actually, it gave people permission to talk. You know how students, the really quiet ones, maybe they actually do want to say something, yeah. but they feel too shy to do it? Yeah. So the laser pointer gives them permission.
0: Yeah. Or they feel out of place, like, oh, I, I shouldn't. Yeah. I don't, yeah,
1: my English isn't good enough, yeah. that sort of thing. But, uh, um, that was fun. I, I keep going back to this, but all those Italian words, like, chiaroscuro and contra Pasta. it was kind of cool because all of the students were equally disadvantaged
0: because right. you know there's
1: that hierarchy of yeah. oh well her English is better than mine and right. um, there is a real hierarchy of that right. here in China but they all started at the bottom with, with these um, Italian The right. new language gr- for everybody yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, so then just I guess finally because our, our beverages are starting to, I know. to um, run dry um so now you, you've done this in, in Guangzhou, you've done this in Beijing. I'm just interested in terms of the, the, the cities, uh, mm. which I, I know you really like Guangzhou. I did. As a smaller place, lots of parks, lots of stuff. To I mean, it was really small. 13 million people. Yeah, really small. I mean, yeah. how do you even find a place to eat in a community like that? No, very limited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, one of my favorite things in, in our the trip, so we went to Xi'an where right. the Terracotta Warriors are and our tour guide there said, that I mean, shown as eight million people and yeah. the tour guide said that I she I think they have
1: one stoplight.
0: It's I know. It's or maybe it's just a, the guy with the drum and the gun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go now, you go yeah. And she said, I really want to go to Beijing, I gotta get out of this small town. <laughs> like, it's eight million people. There's gotta be opportunities here. Like, <laughs> right. It's got, like so so but just in terms of just the, the scope of the town, the scale of the places uh, right. Did you notice uh, a major difference culturally, just oh, yeah. in your everyday life, between Guangzhou and Beijing? Uh,
1: yeah, and, and this was something actually a, a lot of Guangzhouans will point out. Uh, in Beijing, people are huge.
0: Oh, they're I bigger. I mean,
1: they're much bigger. Like,
0: taller or... I mean, or how, many, like, how many
1: dudes did you see walking around? Like, 6'2", no. 250, you know, I mean, there's some big guys, right? Yeah. In the, in the south, they tend to be shorter. Okay. Um, and this is something that people in the south will say I also found people in Guangzhou were uh, more friendly and I also found that they well, spoke that, better English
0: well is that like just a city thing? is that like like cities around the world like like people in New York aren't that like you're walking down the street in New York you're not going to be like hey how are you, how are you doing you're going to smile know. at everybody Like, right, right. is that just an urban thing versus, I mean sure like Small town, like I realize we will joke right, about thirteen right. million, but is it could that just be like a small no, I town, think, I big think city it, difference? I, or I, I,
1: I don't know. I just I just found there were people, little shopkeepers, and people that at the vegetable market that you kind of you couldn't have a conversation with, but you spent enough time going in and out of their shop that you know they would always say hi. They knew what you wanted. Right. Uh, they could anticipate that. Man, that dude at the Seven Eleven. He was never gonna be nice. <laughs>
0: you know. Same guy every day. <laughs> never yeah. Right. I mean if he recognized me, he never Oh no visibly no, displayed it.
1: No, they just kept stocking up on more cheap white wine for me. Yes. You know, and I yeah. left them with a huge inventory.
0: Yeah, they're hoes now. <laughs> they're, they're gonna have that wine for a year. <laughs> Till the next time I come you back. Show up, right? Yeah. Right. yeah.
1: No, you wanna hear a funny joke about and I heard this in Guangzhou. Oh yeah. The difference between Guangzhou, Beijing and Shanghai. Okay. So, and uh, apparently this is quite a well-known joke. So, if an alien landed in Shanghai, uh, people in Shanghai would want to do business with it. If an alien landed in Beijing, they'd report it to the party. Uh-huh. But if an alien landed in Guangzhou, they'd cook it up and eat it. <laughs> <laughs> and I must admit, the food was, I mean, is really, really great there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're known for their
0: cuisine. Right. Right. But,
1: yeah, I, I, I mean, don't, I mean... Beijing was just a, is a challenging city. Challenging in terms of walkability, uh, yeah. heat. Uh, Guangzhou is much, it's, it's much more comfortable. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like, the walkability and thing is, yeah. I didn't realize it, like, you look on a map, and you're like, "Oh, that's only three blocks away," <laughs> but
1: like the three blocks is like three miles. Yeah, like, it's really far. Yeah. Um.
0: So yeah, it's certainly not a walkable. Hung Tai, who, who we mentioned a couple of times, who's a professor at Pomona College, right? He has likened it to Los Angeles in that respect. Oh, it is. Yeah.
1: See, and and I think Guangzhou is much more like New York City, pocket mm-hmm. parks and neighborhoods. Right. Um. And so, that that's yeah. I mean, I think. It, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I boy, I lived in Beijing for ten weeks. That does not make me an expert. No. Because most of the time, I, I was lying on the sofa with a cold compress on my forehead and putting up my my feet. You know, <laughs> sipping a cooling drink. But. um it uh, doesn't make me an expert, but that was just, that was just a sense that I got.
0: Yeah, 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 I, yeah. It certainly was. I mean, I walked to the Olympic Park one day, and I mean, that's probably as much as you could walk. And when you look on the map of Beijing, oh, it looks. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not far
1: <laughs> in terms of how big of a city yeah. this is. It's a it's a really really big place. Yeah, yeah. Um, and by the way, thank you for taking that picture of the building oh, yeah, that the looks building. like Donald Trump's hair. Yes, it's a
0: very interesting architecture. <laughs> <laughs> building, I'll post it with this podcast on Oh, please on do the, that because the it's the
1: Donald Trump hair tower.
0: It was really fascinating and I got it from, a, I think, a good angle too. You like did, it was the really, g- the really yeah.
1: good. The only thing I regret is that there wasn't a like an orange neon light <laughs> shining on it, uh, but yeah. it's maybe the future for Donald and his hair.
0: It could be, yeah. Building <laughs> form. I mean, even if he doesn't win in November, he will be forever memorialized <laughs> on this building in uh, Beijing that doesn't have his name on it. Like it's one of those
1: I know. Well, uh, the other fun thing—it's actually students. If we have—if we have a minute, but um,
0: a minute. Yeah,
1: where are we going? Three hours. Where are we going? Students do. At first, they kind of were surprised that I would make political, sarcastic remarks about the. American political scene. Yeah. Um, and then I kept doing it. <laughs> um, we, we would talk about hierarchical scale, that the most important person is always in the center. And I said, you know, you'll never see President Obama in a photo op off to the side. He's always right. going to be in the center. But they they really like the one about... Um, we, were, we were talking about colonialism and imperial shopping. So, for example, when the Germans... Um, decided they wanted the uh, altar to Zeus from Pergamum. And the reason why you can't see it in Turkey is because it was picked up and brought to Berlin. Wow. And the Elgin marbles, for example, from were taken from Greece uh, and now are on display in the British Museum, and the Greeks want them back. Uh-huh. And I said, well, the Americans, we, got, we were a little slow <laughs> on the imperial shopping trip. <laughs> I said, but be very nervous, because Donald... He wants a big wall, yeah. <laughs> and you got a great. I got one. a great wall. It's the best wall. It's, the best, it's wall. the best
0: wall. It's the best wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They certainly. I I talk about Reagan in the American history class, and I show one of his ads, a Reagan TV commercial. Yeah. And when the slogan comes up at the end, it says "Let's make America great again." They all sort of perk up. It's like, <laughs> I've heard I've heard that before. <laughs> that, that sounds really familiar. <laughs>
1: And in light of your problem with plagiarism, <laughs> yeah, I know,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, we've had yeah a couple of plagiarism <laughs> issues here, yeah, which I don't think is any more than anywhere else. But yeah, it's been a it's been a thing. So uh, as long yeah. as
1: ninety three percent wasn't, yeah,
0: every eighth word that was my favorite one. Every yeah. eighth word, it had it every had eighth to be word changed? is different. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. uh, geez. but yeah, so it's been it has been a really fun summer, and and in addition to, I mean, it's been challenging. Certainly, it's it's. I think it was harder than I thought it was going to be. In terms of just the volume of classes. Uh, I did the math for for me. The six classes worked out to 108 individual sessions that I did. You had 120 because uh, my UIB class was only eight sessions instead of 20. So you had 120 that you did. I had 108 right. over the course of really nine weeks because there was a week off in the middle. So it...
1: And I think about how many students we taught.
0: I know. I know. We, I, I think I told you this, but we had a, a there's the farewell party on Thursday. This is Saturday as we're recording. And we had a farewell party on Thursday night. And I had a student come up who I was told after was from the, the four-week session, which was in June, who came up. And I recognized the person, but I, I had no oh, idea yeah. what her name was, what class she took. Or anything, because this is the volume of classes, the amount of people you're seeing every day. It was, mm-hmm. And there's very little interaction. Right. Like, a lot of the students that I had, and I think this was sort of universal in the program, if they had questions, they would go to the TA. Yes. Uh, so they didn't really deal with us that much. So when you don't have that much interaction with them, I found it very hard to learn. Yeah, and sometimes I A's. really
1: dread what those TAs told them (laughs) yeah yeah they
0: uh, yeah it was yeah it was an interesting interesting experience in that respect but overall a great experience oh yeah it was uh, it's
1: well it's it's life changing Mm. I mean you're never you're never when you hear China uh, on the on the news which it's surprising how rare you hear the word China on CNN or CBC or whatever you know yeah um,
0: Absolutely. Given how important this country is.
1: Yeah, and how I mean, just we're worried about you know Taylor Swift's, you know, feud with what's his name Kanye. Kanye. Yeah, I mean that's ah. really important. And the Ch- South China Seas, I'm sure the Donald just thinks that's a golf course.
0: Right. But
1: <laughs> it's it's shocking. Yeah. And it's also uh, how involved China is with the world. Mm-hmm. You know, with they they just lost two soldiers in the peace UN peacekeeping. Which was a shock to the Chinese. Right. We would never hear about that. No. Um, yeah.
0: I think we think of it as a very insular place.
1: It's and not And clearly at all.
0: it's not. Yeah.
1: No. Um, and that was what was cool about being on the campus. Yeah. I mean, they had people from all over. It was the Lebanese students, man. They'd sit right under my window. Yeah. Drinking coffee, smoking <laughs> cigarettes, and talking and laughing till like 12 o'clock at night. <laughs> but they were having a good time, yeah. so I didn't really care. Um. Yeah, it's it's really surprising.
0: I'm glad they looked me up. I'm glad I did it. Yep. Uh, it's been a tremendous experience. We'll see if they invite me back. <laughs> I'm you sure know, they it's will. We'll, we'll we'll see. It's always up to the other people. When students ask, okay, "Would you come back again?" And then my answer has been, "It's not up to me. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's up to them." So, well, okay, um,
1: if it's a perfect world, and would you would you like? I to would come? do
0: it again, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I would absolutely yeah. do it again. Well, um, and I
1: must have uh, having you and Hong Tai there. That made it much easier.
0: Yeah, it was good that we had sort of a, a threesome that was here the whole time. Right. Uh, there were certainly uh, terrific people in the four week and yeah. some really cool people in the five week right. who we could hang out with, but we were the three who were here the whole time. Right. Along right. with tacos, but uh, he was uh, he didn't really come out that much. Yeah, I he's a little he, more of an insular guy. Well,
1: and I think his health is not.
0: Yeah. 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 He was struggled he, moving how around. How he did this. Yeah. Well, how how any of us did this?
1: I know, <laughs> but he's a old. He, he was he's physically weak, right? And how he did this, I have no yeah. idea.
0: Yeah. So it was good, but it was good that we had sort of the three of us here the whole time. And yeah. We we got along with each other that we could go out yeah. to dinner and. Well, and I
1: think it was Hung has done this what now four years
0: at least, yeah.
1: And he really helped me understand. Hey, chill. It's summer school, and also explained, you know these big, huge state schools that these students are going to in the United States, that they're not, you know, this is... You mean, you, you want me to talk? Right. They're, they're one student in a 800 class. Of yeah. course they don't, you know. Yeah. So that was really helpful to have him there as well.
0: Yeah, to learn from people who've done this before, and Hung's advice to me was always, you know, this is your first time, do it right the first time, and the re- if you come back, it'll be a lot easier. And I, yeah. think, I think he's right. I I'm certainly I think I made mistakes along the way, but... Yeah. You're going to make mistakes the first time you do anything, so <laughs> uh-huh. uh, But I think yeah, I think if I do it again, it'll get easier, and certainly the, the five-week session was earlier easier than the four week. Oh, come yeah. back to it again. So uh, we should also thank our hosts at the University of International Business University of International Business and Economics. Uh, Fei Wu, the overall coordinator. I don't know exactly what her, her full title is. She but, who
1: must be revered and
0: yeah, obeyed. Yeah, Fei Wu, uh, it was tremendous. Uh, her whole staff, uh, Soon, Chandler, Nemo, uh, Lin, mm-hmm. the whole crew there, all the TAs were tremendous. And, uh, I, I, I had a great, great time and, and, appreciate the, the, the one thing actually, it's a, they're, they're all very good hosts, but I wanted to take my two TAs out for lunch and they said no. They said we'll go for lunch. But you're not paying. And I even, when we were at the restaurant, I don't know what they said to the waitress, but I had 200 yuan out. The bill was like 180 or something. And I had 200 yuan out. They said something to the waitress, and I was like, had my arm extended trying to give her the money, and she did not acknowledge my existence (laughs) or that I had money in my hand because of what they told her. I have no idea what they said, but they absolutely refused to let me pay. Um,
1: You've heard of the Chinese refusal, haven't you?
0: Was that what that w- where was? Where you go or? back and
1: forth and back and forth. No, no, no. I, I'm going to pay. No, you're going to
0: pay. Right, gonna, yeah. 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 Yeah, and it turned into like, like I just wanted to say thank you. <laughs> and uh, sure, sure. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, But yeah, overall, it's a great time. So our drinks are dry. We're going to hit the bar again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, We're
1: getting dry here. Yeah,
0: so Dorothy Verkirk, University of... North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Thank you so much for doing this. You're most welcome. If you have any questions or comments for the podcast, HistorySlam at gmail.com. Twitter is at Fever. And if you're out and you see Enrico Palazzo, please say hi for me. Thanks for listening to the History Slam podcast. Be sure to check out Active History for more features, articles, and be sure to subscribe on iTunes.